My name is Jonathan Holmesley. My name is Pete Thompson. Why are you laughing, Pete? <laughs> we just had uh, if people had only some technical knew, difficulties. Yeah. They only knew. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Happy Monday. What did you think about the new music? I loved it. Did you really? Well, full disclosure, I picked it out. So, full disclosure, you wore me down. No, it was awesome. I like it. Yeah. I like the I like the new music. Of, I'm the I'm just I I really like the uh, full of zing and pep. Yeah, vim and vigor. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. All right, what are we talking about today, Pete? Uh, well, we're ta- we're going to talk about uh, the new sermon series that we're going through. Right. Um, we're going to be talking about you're going through a sermon series that you started yesterday, May nineteenth, um, on spiritual guidance. Yeah. And so th- one of the one of the things that you I think you told us, um, I think it was yesterday, right before equipping hour, you you said that often you do topical series because um, you sometimes see that uh, you, you listen to conversations and part of the pastoral counseling and pas- part of the, uh, you know, you're listening to conversations. Uh, these topics right. come up a lot. So, and then it's just really helpful to you know, answer some questions that people have, and uh, you do it in the form of a topical series. So yep. it's pretty cool. Yep, yep. And so this series is called Direction. We're talking about spiritual guidance. We're talking about decision-making, the will of God. It's only three weeks long. We're going to kind of get in and, and, and dig in for a moment and then... Because we're going to solve in. every problem in three weeks. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's how good we are here. <laughs> That's how fast we change. We'll never yeah. struggle with decision making. That's right. After, after three, three weeks. weeks from now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, I have, uh, over the past ten years of pastoral ministry, had quite a number of experiences where people have struggled over making decisions, how to make them, how how to make decisions in a way that honors God, and so that's what the series is going to try to address from the Bible. But what I want to do today is I just want to just kind of cover free range a couple of questions. So. Yeah. Number, number one, uh, why do you, why do we think people struggle making decisions? Why do Christians struggle making decisions? Why do why do we struggle making decisions? That's number one. So, what do you think? Well, why that was you, your why, first. That was your first sermon, was it? I mean, you started off your sermon yesterday by asking that question. How how do we make decisions? Why do we struggle when we make decisions? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, you know, there's a plethora of reasons. There's a plethora of of um, factors that that come into the come into the why people struggle making decisions. I think, um, you know, f- some good reasons, some very good reasons was is that they they want to be inside the will of God. Sure. They don't want to be disobedient. They honor God with their lives. Yeah, they don't want to be disobedient. And right. So I sympathize with that. That's that's a that's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, they don't want to make wrong decisions that not only would would be outside the will of God, but it would also it would also do harm to others. So they don't want to make decisions that would do harm to others. Yep. And um, I think those are two. I mean, that's in the spirit of the two great commandments: they love are. God, love each other. So, I think another reason why people struggle making decisions uh, is because we're not omniscient. 
Uh, God knows all things, but we don't. We're finite. And even if we weren't sinners, we'd still be finite. We still wouldn't know all things. True. So I think even... Um, yeah, that's a good point. You know, even Adam had to deliberate, had to use wisdom to make some choices. Yeah. You know, how do you want to spend your morning, Adam? Good point. Okay, that's a decision. Yeah. So I think that's part of it is is just relate it back to uh, an understanding of who we are. We're creatures. We're not uh, ultimately creators. God is the creator. We're creatures. We're made in his image, but we're finite. And so we don't know all things. So even if we weren't sinners, we would still have decisions to make. Hmm. We still have options. We need to use wisdom to, to weigh those options. I think another reason that people struggle to make decisions, especially today, and this is the one that I struggle with the most. Okay. This, this is the thing that I butt into the most. There's so many options. Yeah. We live in a world of what feels like infinite options. Go down the cereal aisle and just look at how many options there are for breakfast cereal. Mm-hmm. Look at how many options there are for deodorant. It's really staggering. I mean, kids, how many options are there for college? Mm-hmm. How many options are there for vehicles to drive? How many options are there for cities that you could reasonably move to that mm-hmm. 500 years ago just weren't even on the radar? So I think that's, to me, on a practical scale, uh, that's one of the things that, that has really been debilitating, especially for this generation, is the incredible amount of options that are out there and that's not necessarily a bad thing either no, that can actually be a good great. reason yeah because right. think about adam uh god tasked adam with naming the animals he could have named a cat a billion different things that's right but he settled on whatever the hebrew word for cat is because <laughs> he obviously spoke hebrew <laughs> adam it's spoke in tongues you didn't know yeah that? seriously um, I, I i think though um yeah go ahead another reason why we struggle with decision making is we have a culture. We've all participated in creating a culture that hates commitment. Uh, We don't like coming down and making a decision and committing to it and sticking with it, and we're afraid uh, that we'll miss out on something better. Uh, And so, I mean, this is a real thing with with kids these days. There's fear of missing out. I'm not going to commit to go to this party because what if a better party is out there? Yeah. I'm not going to commit to go to this event because what if a better thing comes my way? This fear of missing out is a real thing mm. because of all the options that are out there. It's like, I, I can't commit. You know, I don't, I don't want to commit to this relationship because what if you're not my soulmate and there's someone else out there? And so, you know, there's no other reason to not commit to the relationship other than there might be something better. And that, man, that, that, that the looking for the bigger, better deal, that's another reason why people are terrified. So as you're okay, making decisions, so that's why that's why some people struggle making decisions. That's why yep. we, I, I, I struggle with the same thing. Um, now, as you've done your research on this sermon series, how what are some of the answers that you've seen come up that are not so great as to right. why as to how we make decisions? In other words, let me put the question this way: How have we as a culture gone wrong? How have we gone astray in, yep. in, in answering this question? Uh, how do we make this decision? What do we do? Yeah. I think in terms of the broader culture inside the church, outside the church, I think our culture has embraced a lot of passivity, hmm. a, a, I'm not going to make a decision. Uh, I'm not going to act. I'm not going to be assertive. Hmm. Um, I'm just going to, kind of go with the flow 
And instead of asserting myself upon my circumstances, just whatever happens, happens. Mm. Um, I, I, I see that a lot. I struggle against it in my own life. Uh, and there's certainly ways to be overly assertive mm. uh, and to be domineering and just a, a bull forcing every everything. But I do think that God, when he put Adam on the earth uh, and Eve on the earth, he, he made them to subdue the earth. And that means action. That means decisiveness. That means making decisions. Uh, so number one, I think passivity, the rejection of our obligation to make decisions for the good right. of ourselves, for the good of those around us. Right. That's a way to positively love people. We're not called to just not harm people. We're called to do them active good. And being a person who's able to make a decision and stick with it is a way that we love people. Right. So I think that's that's number one. But I think number two, um, for Christians, this is one of the chief areas that I see where, where I see Christians making decision-making harder than it ought to be. Okay. And here it is. Okay. We want to honor God. We want to surrender everything to him. And there's this, there's this way of making decisions that looks like it's surrendering everything to God. And here's what it is. I've got these two options in front of me. And the way that I'm going to surrender this to God is I'm just going to wait until he gives me some signs. To make a decision, mm-hmm. he's going to give me. I'm going to, I'm going to wait and 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 I'm going to wait for him to speak internally yep. to tell me which one. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to lay it all before him. You see how spiritual mm-hmm. that sounds. I'm going to lay it all before him and wait for him to show me. I'm going to wait for him to give me signs. Um, the problem with that though is there's virtually no biblical support for making decisions in that way. Now I, I want to be, I want to be careful here. I I love the people that have a heart that says, I want to submit my decisions to God. What do you mean there's no, what do you you mean there's no examples of that? I mean, God spoke verbally to Moses. Certainly he did. uh, And Moses wrote it down. And, and that thing that he, and what he wrote down is for, it's binding on all people in all places and all times. Hmm. And so I would just say to the person that says, well, God spoke to me. I would point them to the times when God spoke in the past and the people wrote it down and it was it it was binding on the consciences of every person who ever lived. Sure. Because it was divine revelation from God. And uh, if you're willing to say that God speaks to you in the same way God spoke to Moses, I think you're on very tenuous and even dangerous ground there. I think I think another way in which the the evangelical church has gone off the tracks. Yep. Here in this particular area, and you're touching on it, um, th- one of the areas, um, one of the reasons why we've gone we've gone off the tracks in the past, is because we believe some churches believe that that special revelation, uh, right. the Bible, the completed Bible. So when we refer to the completed canon. We mean all 66 books. And when we say that the canon is closed, that means we're right. not looking for a third volume. Right. We're not adding to the Bible. No. We got the First Testament, we got the Second Testament, and we're not waiting for the third. Mm. Okay. So if you grant that, which not a, not every church does, um, like the Roman Catholic community, I won't call them a church, but the Roman Catholic community, they say 
that uh, on equal authority to the first and second testaments, the Old Testament and the New Testament, they say that the uh, that the early church fathers and the tradition of the church and even the Pope himself has equal authority to the Holy Scriptures, and so we reject that. Um, but I think more subtly, there's just this movement that has happened ever since, uh, just being frank, um, Pentecostalism has entered the ranks. Um, I think they have. I think they have said, "Well, uh, God is not done revealing. God is not done speaking, and so God speaks to you not just through His Word, but also individually." Now, I'm not denying that the Holy Spirit doesn't work in our lives. I'm not, de- oh, excuse me, I didn't say that right. I'm not denying that the Holy Spirit's, that this Holy Spirit works in our lives and guides us. I'm not right. denying that. He shapes our desires. He gives us wisdom. But God does not speak to people right. verbally, from the heavens, anything. He just doesn't do it. Right. Um, and there's a whole, I can, I can, I can prove that from the scriptures, but one of the reasons why we have so many issues in this in this area of guidance is because people are waiting for something that God is not going to do. Mm. Wow. He's waiting Say on that people. Again, yeah. He's waiting. Okay, so people are not making decisions. They're indecisive because they're waiting for God to do something that he's never going to do again. Wow. He's all everything. Okay, so here's you the, just dropped a bomb. Well, I know, but that's good. Well, here's here's how we've made it hard on ourselves. Um, there's only two wills of God. God has two wills. That yep. doesn't mean he's indecisive. Yeah, that no. just means that just means uh, historically you're the speaking church has theologically said, right yeah, now. Yeah, the church has said throughout history that God only has two wills. One is his secret will. I'm stealing from what you're going to be preaching on. I'm sorry, but yep. this is good. Um, uh, God forbid God, people hear it more. <laughs> yeah. God, uh, God has a revealed will, which is in sixty-six books, all the way from Genesis to Revelation. That's his revealed will. That's right. Uh, no more, no less. And then there is such thing as God's secret will. The Bible talks about the secret thing. There, God, the secret things belong to the Lord. He has a secret will that He has revealed to no one. Right. Um, and uh, and he has he has uh, kept that, and he has not revealed it to us. That's why we call it his secret will. Yeah. <laughs> and so, are we accountable to know and to obey what God has not said? And the answer is no. Are we accountable for what God has said and has revealed? And the answer right. is. Unequivocally, yes. And so what we're not saying here, we're not saying that God doesn't have a specific plan for your life. He most certainly does because he uh, controls the flight path of every snowflake that falls. So if he's the God who does that, he most certainly has a specific plan for your life laid out in a billion steps, but he just hasn't revealed it to you. Yeah. And because he's not a God that constantly reveals the future to you, that must mean that your preoccupation should not be uh, in in trying to seek his his future steps for you. It should be to understand what he has revealed to you and just live in accordance with it and trust that if you do that, he will work out the specific plan. That's right. Yeah. 
So, so we've made it really. We we've as a church we've complicated it. Yeah, we really as a, as a as the evangelical church, uh, as an evangelical church all throughout the all throughout the world, we've really complicated this by by not just by not understanding the simple truth that everything God wants to tell us, He's already told us. Right, and. And, and we're just accountable to obey it. And I know loads of Christians who on the front end of the decision-making process are paralyzed in fear mm-hmm. because what if they haven't read the signs correctly? Oh, my word. And then I know other uh, loads of Christians on the, other, on the other end of the decision-making process mm-hmm. who are crippled by guilt Yeah, because they think they got it wrong. Yeah. 30 years ago, when God called them into ministry, they think— and they didn't obey it. They yep. took a regular job. They got married. They had yep. kids. They went to church for 30 years, but they missed that calling. Oh, my word. And so now they're racked and crushed by guilt. Oh, my word. And I just want to say to all those to all those folks, like, present y- your your decisions before God. Ask him for wisdom. We're not saying don't do those things, but, we're, but what we are saying is God is, you can't ascribe too much sovereignty to him. Yeah. You can't say that he is too much in control of this world. And if that's the kind of God he is, uh, you're not going to wreck his purposes. Yeah. You can live and rest knowing that you're not going to wreck his purposes. Yeah. So here's here's the traditional view. Okay. All right. Here's how, here's how we've complicated it. Okay. When I say traditional view, I mean here's how we've complicated it. This is uh, Gerald Sitzer. And I think this is so good. Conventional understanding of God's will defines it as a specific pathway we should follow into the future. God knows what this pathway is, and he's laid it out for us to follow, and our responsibility is to discover the pathway, God's, a.k.a. God's plan for our lives. We must discover which of the many pathways we could follow and which one is the one we should follow mm-hmm. that God has planned for us. And uh, if and when we make the right choice, we'll receive his favor, fulfill our divine destiny, and succeed in life. And if we choose rightly, we will experience his blessing and achieve success. But if we choose wrongly, we may lose our way, miss God's will for our life, and remain forever lost in an incomprehensible maze. Wow. I think he so succinctly frames mm-hmm. what the discussion is right there. And and the the problem, to get right back to what you said, mm-hmm. is the, the problem with that view is it's looking for God to do something that he's never going to do. I, that's that's so heavy. And it's that's heavy, heavy. It's heavy, and 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 it's and it's possible to crush some folks with that, right? Because they are waiting. They are waiting for an audible yeah. voice to to ring from the heavens, saying, "Now go work at this job in California." Yeah, they're waiting for that, and when they don't hear it, they're so crushed. And when they hear, um. Well, and that's, it's tough. Well, it's l- tough. Let me ask you a question then. Okay. Um, does that mean that you, do you not know if it was God's will for you to be here at Lake Wiley? You seem to like Lake Wiley. You seem to be, you you love this place, but <laughs> I, I mean, do. does that mean that you don't know if it was God's will to be here? Oh my word. Uh, I know that um, everything that has happened in the past yeah. is God's will. I look at the past and the past is evidence of what God has decreed. Okay. Okay. So if the wind blew from north to south uh, five minutes ago, God decreed it. How right. do I know that? Because God decrees all things that come to pass. And I don't I don't know the future, but I know the past. Right. And uh, not all things in the past, but I know that 
whatever happened in the past, God ordained it. Right. Um, and anything that will happen in the future, God has ordained it. And I rest in that. And right. so um, how do I know that it was right for me to come to Lake Wiley? Yeah. How do you have, how did you have peace <laughs> about getting here? I'm serious. Cause, I, I mean, don't you want that? Uh, well, I didn't really have a lot of peace uh, coming to Lake Wiley. I wasn't sure if it was, if it was great. Uh, I didn't know if it, I, I didn't know if it was a great decision. Um, I, I is with the information I had, with uh, the meetings I had, with the with the conversations I had. Uh, I did as much research as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. I I prayed about it. I consecrated it to the Lord. Um, and uh, I meditated on it. I consulted friends. I talked to other people about it. Um, and, and I just gathered as much information as I could so that I might um, make as wise of a decision as I possibly could. I talked to my wife about it. I asked her how she felt. Mm-hmm. Her intuition is far better than mine. And, uh, and so uh, after that, I made a decision. I signed a piece of paper and I said, okay. I'll come on board. Uh, and uh, and then I expected, after all of that, I expected the Lord to bless it. Hmm. I had an expectation that God would bless it because yeah. I did what I knew to be right with the information I had. Um, and so I was just I was just working out uh, obedience uh, as best as I could. Man. Broken obedience. yeah, when 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 I came here, yeah, um. I'll tell I'll tell anyone. Yeah, I believe it was God's will for me to be here. But if they say, "How did you know?" they're not going to like the answer. I, Jonathan, do you think it was God's will for you to come to Lake Wiley? Yes. Why? Because I wanted to come here. Oh, that's good too. Yeah, I should have added we, we, that. We, we so, I did. I didn't like come against s- my will. <laughs> like we so complicate this thing, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. how do you know it was God's will? Well, because yeah. I'm trying to live in accordance with what His yeah. Word has revealed. That's so good. And if he's if it's he's good. guiding me by his word, then he's shaping my desires. Yeah, he is shaping what my heart wants, and yeah. my heart wanted to be here. Yeah, that's reason enough. I mean, as long as as long as you're not desiring something that's sinful, yeah. right? How do how do you know it was uh, God's will for you to have an abortion because I desired it? Well, that's not the case. God didn't will that for you, and the reason why is because that's in direct contradiction of what He has revealed. Yeah, it's in direct contradiction of His moral will and yeah. law should i you. be a should i let's see i want to be a pastor and i want to be a bank robber which one should i do right which one is god's <laughs> will for me yeah which one is god but, but that's a that's a but slow pitch up the middle but let's say the decision is between staying at uh, the church that i was at which i loved which was a good yeah. church which treated me well yep or coming to lake quietly which one is god's will yep. and the answer was i wanted to come here yep i didn't want to be there right now that that's nothing about how much i love that place yeah um but God just gave me a desire. I just, I want, why did, why did you teach uh, through through Hebrews? Was it God's will for you to teach through Hebrews? Well, I, I just, I wanted to. Yeah. Now, what I want everyone to hear right now is this. That is not man-centered. No. That, uh, it sounds man-centered. It sounds, at we, first. and that's why, that's why the traditional view sounds so spiritual, because it's like, no, none of this is about me. I'm just going to lay it all before the Lord, but I'm yep. saying, yep. no, 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 live in accordance with the revealed will of God, and then make choices based on what you desire. That's so good. Use Psalm, wisdom. Yeah. Psalm uh, 37, 4, um, delight yourself in the Lord, 
and right. he will give you the, the desires. desires of your heart. It's going to be one of our sermons. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, and th- and that that verse says something other than what we we yes. probably make it yes. seem That's to, right. to to mean. Yep. No. Nope. Um, Save it. Save it. Oh, I'm sorry. Here's okay. what I want to do. Okay. We're, 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 we're already over on time for okay. this week. So what I want to okay. do is I want to cut it off here. Yep. Uh, and then I want to come back and because we need to talk about specifically what does the Bible say practically about yeah. decision making. So, guys, we look forward to having you next week as Part we continue two. to talk about decision making and the will of God. So Good. God bless, and uh, we'll see you next time here on The Church. See you.